Hello and welcome to The Download. I'm your host, Dave Richardson, and I'm joined for Stu's Days by Stu Kedwell, co-head of North American Equities at RBC Global Asset Management. Stu, uh, welcome back. Hi, good morning, Dave. Thanks for having me, as always. One, one of these days, we're not going to be able to do Stu's Days because uh, you're, you're going to take a, a well-deserved vacation, but, uh, but, but at least we've, uh, we, we've been able to keep it going thus far uh, through the pandemic. And, and that's really the, 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 the topic I, I, I wanted to cover today. I was having an interesting conversation with, uh, with Dan Shornas, who was on uh, the, the, the previous podcast uh, offline yesterday about the, the markets and, and, and really how the markets as a, as a forward pricing mechanism or as a, as a mechanism that looks forward and somewhat tries to predict what's coming down the road has up until this point at least seemed to have done a fairly good job of projecting the path uh, through the virus. So uh, in other words, the market was a little bit ahead of seeing the, the full danger and, 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 and depth that it could create in terms of an economic crisis uh, through the middle of February and into March before a lot of political leaders really started uh, to put lockdown measures in place and, and take the virus as seriously as they needed to. And then the market seemed to get ahead uh, of what might be a recovery out of the virus. And again, we're speaking purely economical here. We're not talking about the health health piece of it. Uh, and now the markets uh, continue to go higher as cases are starting to spike again in some parts of, of, of the, uh, the U.S. And Stu, just, just how do you make sense of this from an investment perspective? Do, do the markets have it right or, or what are they missing right now? Well, it's a it's a very interesting question, and and it's something that we you know we're discussing a lot. I think you know there's a couple of things that we need to uh, think about uh, in this environment. You know, the first is you know general market behavior is uh, you know environment bad getting worse. Uh, you know that's concerning. Environment bad not getting worse. You know stock markets start to improve. Bad and getting better. Markets start to really do well good and getting even better start to do really well. And then markets normally kind of top out when it's good, but not getting any better. Um, you know, so I think, I think that's part of the role here because uh, while cases are spiking, you see states kind of shifting from phase two to phase one or phase three to phase two. Uh, you haven't seen, you know, kind of big shutdown activity, which, you know, really kind of threw people for a loop uh in march and um you know warren buffett at his annual meeting said you know like the economy had never really experienced anything where you were driving down the road at a very fast pace and everything just got immediately to the side of the road and uh, while while the the count the court the cases are rising you know the question will be like can the economy kind of muddle through this patch which does keep you know some activity flowing and you know that's a lot different than than outright shutdown so I'm not sure, you know, maybe that's what the market is trying to trying to figure out. The second thing is, is that that it really has been dominated by a handful of stocks. And we've talked about this for a while. But even in the last you know, week or two weeks, as the as the as the cases have risen again, the market leadership of Amazon and Microsoft and Apple has kind of reasserted itself. And, you know, those stocks have, uh, you know, very good financial conditions. They have very interesting growth trajectories you know there's always questions over regulation or taxes in the future but you know the market tends to look out you know 12 or 18 months and chances are these businesses will be quite strong uh, during that period of time 
And when you have these big companies that are doing so well, they kind of drag the rest of the markets, uh, markets with them. Some of the stocks that, you know, maybe are a little bit more exposed to, uh, you know, if the economy slows down a little bit again, they actually haven't done as well. And some of the, you know, the areas that had spectacular gains off the bottom after being impacted significantly, like cruise lines and casinos and things like this, they've really stopped participating in the last couple of weeks. So it has been dominated by, you know, some of the big software companies, some of the big consumer electronics, some of the, the uh, payment stocks and the semiconductors have really uh, driven the markets during this period of time. Yeah, it's been really incredible to watch some of these uh, some of these leading tech names. Uh, of, co- of course, some of them are are are, are big companies uh, that that are you know virtually everywhere, especially in a virtual setting. Then you get companies like a Tesla that uh, again has this incredible technology, and there's a lot of aspirational value to to, to Tesla, and people get excited about the, the vehicles and such. But uh, it, it, it moves forward. Is, is there a point where these companies just get, get, get to valuations that where they, they can't go higher, regardless of, of the, 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 what we're going through in terms of, of COVID-19? Uh, because I, I think we would have said coming into this that, that these, the, the valuations on some of these companies were stretched. Yeah, like it's, it's, that's also a very good point. And, and we don't see that in some of the very large companies. While their valuations are elevated relative to history, they're not at like 2000 levels, but there are a handful of stocks that have become real, you know, kind of story stocks. You mentioned Tesla, where um, when you look at those valuations, like one thing that um, that we spend a lot of time looking at on those really, really uh, kind of market darling stocks is price to sales. You know, and, and when you look at, you know, traditionally we would look at price to earnings, right? A bank would trade at 10 times earnings or 11 times earnings. And in some cases, these uh, these stocks are trading at 20, 30, 35 times sales, which is um, which is really considerable. Uh, it means that, you know, the margins eventually have to be very robust and the sales growth has to be tremendous in order to get you your return in the next uh, three, five, seven years. And um, we have seen that historically where uh, companies like you know, Walmart or Microsoft at their Zenith, you know, they were very good companies and they ended up being very good companies, but they just ended up being very good stocks because the market's enthusiasm for them pulled all of that forward. And, uh, you know, you've seen, you know, Microsoft hitting its high in 2000 was many, many years before it reached those levels again because of the valuation, not really because of the business itself. Uh, same to be said for Walmart. Uh, you know, I remember uh, you know, just after or just before I joined Global Asset Management when I was in capital markets and, you know, some of these stocks had had valuations of 40, 50, 60 times earnings uh, because the market was so excited about their future growth. And by and large, much of it was delivered uh, for some of these big leaders, but uh, the stocks themselves were never that great. Well, uh, I, again, uh, it, incredibly interesting market. Uh, we got earnings seasons coming up, so we'll we'll, we'll get into uh, a first peak uh, of of that next week. Stu, uh, as always, thanks for your time. Uh, always interesting. Great, thank you, Dave, and uh, thanks for everyone's time.